because you guys know how much PFF loves running backs, I thought we'd have on Sam Monson of PFF to break down the top five running backs in the 2024 NFL Draft class. This is Renner Ranks, the ultimate NFL ranking show. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. To today's Renner Ranks, your go-to daily rankings podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you to all the everydayers out there for making Renner Ranks your first listen. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. It's free, I've heard. I am your host, Mike Renner, NFL Draft Analyst for The Messenger. And today's podcast is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest, most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash LockdownNFL and use code all lowercase. Locked on NFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. Running backs. We give a nice little class overview. We rank the top five. While there's no surefire stud in this class, there's still a handful of guys that project as starters at the next level. So there's talent to be had. Let's get into the interview. All right, Sam, what are your initial thoughts on this running back class? Because I know myself watching them wasn't a huge fan, but you did say that guy in this class that you're really in love with so maybe you have a little bit different opinion than i do no i don't i don't think it's a great running back class and i think that's why you know i was maybe drawn to somebody that i have an irrational liking for as opposed to just hey b john robinson is amazing everybody can agree on that this is not that kind of draft class um i don't know that there's a first round running back i don't know that there's even a second round running back honestly i i think you're talking about a lower down draft class but like, I think these are the kind, this is where you're supposed to be drafting running backs now, right? It's almost a class that forces everybody to do the process the right way and grab a guy in the third round who's probably still going to be a useful contributor and a good player for you. Yeah, I'm in agreement. It, it to me, it's the worst in, in a while, in my opinion, in terms of top end talent. But again, it's going to force you. I wouldn't take one of these guys in the second round as well. Like there's not a guy who separates themselves from the pack enough to go to bat for him. Now there are some unique skill sets in this class, some guys I really like, but at the highest I take any of these guys is like middle of the third round. And even that I think might be a little rich considering just like the depth that we always see out the running back position. So we'll give it to you. Kick it off with us. Who's your number five back in this class? All right. My number five guy, where's my list? Uh, one, two, three, four, five. My number five guy, this was my irrational love. I had to get him onto my top five, even though I, this, I don't know how many other people would have him on here. Will Shipley from Clemson. Um, oh, there we go. He's not my top five. So, yeah. I love this guy's tape. Like, he reminded me a lot of, like, a poor man's Christian McCaffrey, right? Everything he does, he just slaloms his way through space. He's really good at making guys miss. I think his, his sort of cuts, his ability to, to move at full speed, to always just make the right decision um, with the football – the, the one area I think that he is significantly different from McCaffrey in is he's not the same receiver. Like I, I have questions about how good his hands are. I think he's a solid enough route runner, but he's not that like you could put him at slot receiver and he's as good the way Christian McCaffrey is. But with the ball in his hands, I love the way this guy runs. Yeah, he is. I mean, as much as people are going to be like, oh, you're just saying that because they're white. It's like, no, they run very <laughs> similarly, right? Like there is real like the way that their actual running style now i think mccaffrey's a considerably better athlete yeah the position than shipley is and so that's why i don't have shipley in my top five but i do agree with that sentiment my number five though i have texas's jonathan brooks one of the breakout players in this year's uh, just all of college football landscape because he's stuck behind Bijan and roshan 
last year at Texas, spent two years kind of just riding the pines, gets the starting job this year, six foot, 207, true junior, but he did just tear his ACL. But prior to that, 187 carries, 1135 yards, 10 TDs, 63 broken tackles. Like he, to me, is one of the best just all around backs in this draft class. Really not a lot of weaknesses to his game. Now, I don't think he has a lot of high end to his game either. Like, I don't think he has top end speed that's anything close to, you know, what Bijan had. I think he probably would be a four fives guy if he did run. Obviously, won't be running anytime soon. May not even go to the draft now after that ACL tear. So, right. an ACL position or ACL tear at this position specifically is one that I would avoid. At not every position I would say that, like, that would knock a guy down, drop him way down boards because of it. But because of how much you have to maximize rookie contracts on running backs, I can't, you know, just throw the rookie year out the window for a guy expecting no production from him and still graph that guy in the third round, right? Like he's going to, I'm going to draft another guy um, who I think could produce right away at the running back position if I'm going that highly. Yeah. So how much of you ranking him number four is because of the ACL? Um, I would have leapfrogged him over my number four at minimum had he not torn his ACL. Debatably would have had him number three fully healthy. So he's... It, it knocked him down a good amount, I'll say. Right, because I've got him on my top five as well, a little bit higher. And I, I, I didn't really factor in the ACL in those terms, like uh, in terms of like from an NFL point of view of you're right. That's even if you're drafting him in the second or third round, that's 25% of his rookie contract. You probably have to write off where you can't expect him to be 100% in. I'm thinking more of, you know, what he actually can Just be talent. at the next level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he um, returns, comes back to school, like, and puts on some weight too, because he is a little, you know, 207 is probably not ideal. I mean, he's talented enough to make his way into like a top three, top two back next year. Yeah. It's tough for him though, because like in this world of running backs, like, you know, it, it makes no sense for him to go back, like just get to that second yeah. contract as fast as you can come out. Even if you're going to be a third or a fourth round pick, just get going on it, get started on it. You can rehab in the NFL as well as college. Well, because also, you know, not a lot of people, it's your, your last contract in the NFL is going to be worth more than your rookie contract at running right. back, right? Like, like that contract right. that you signed at 29 years old, that's maybe like two years, 8 million. That's, you know, that's twice as much as you'd make on your rookie contract entirely. So it, it does make sense. People always talk about the second contract, but it's more like getting to a third, fourth contract that you wouldn't otherwise if you stayed till you're 23 years old. Especially if you're not going to be a first round pick anyway. Like if you mm -hmm. were dropping from the first to the second, maybe it's a conversation. But if you're already a second round guy, then the second to the third, who cares? Get into the yeah, NFL, get going. 100%. All right. My number four guy. Um, you'll love it, Mike. Audric Estime, Notre Dame. Wow. wow. I didn't <laughs> I even like have him, guy. dude. I really? did like him. Yeah. I, didn't I like him. him. He's big, powerful. I think he's fast. When he gets to the second level, he's not getting run down from behind. I like this guy. I think he's got good lateral movement for a guy of that size. He's explosive. He's got like some springy plays where he just leaps clean over people. I think his tape's good. See, with Notre Dame players, I'm either far <laughs> too high on them or far too low, or they've like pissed me off too much right. that I'm far too low on them. There's no like accurately assessing a Notre Dame player, in my opinion. Uh, but it. I do think, estimate the one thing I worry about is that he's such a straight line runner that he really has no let like he's he's almost like a you said a poor man's Christian McCaffrey for mm. uh Will Shipley he's almost a poor man's Jonathan Taylor in that he's just so straight line so much reliant on getting a, a gap to create a create something out if he can't really create something out of nothing but when he does have a when he does have a runway I do think he's very good I, I do think he has an NFL built game with his size 
explosiveness yeah. combination that, you know, people break tackles in the NFL by like guys bouncing off them, not necessarily yeah. shaking guys in the NFL. Guys are too talented to make them miss consistently. So you have to have that behind you to be a consistent tackle break. So I do think he's a guy that has a role. I just think he's a little too limited to go to bat for us. Like in every down, he's going to be my starter at the next level. And I think with these five, at least, I would probably all call starters at minimum, even if it is still a bad class. I also think, by the way, they don't use him much in the pass game, and he's definitely not a great mm -hmm. route runner, but his hands, I think, are really good. He has a couple of catches in there where the ball's off target, and he just plucks it out of the air, you know, one-handed or just clean catch. Like, I think he could be a much bigger part of the pass game. No, I, I do agree there, too. He does have natural hands, at least. Before we get to the rest of the top five, today's podcast is brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. You know, the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Testing my skills on Price Picks this football season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. And Price Picks now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockdownNFL and use code LockdownNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That is prizepicks.com slash LockdownNFL, code LockdownNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. I have another big back as my number four. One okay. guy that may not be on your top five. I have Braylon Allen at number four. Stop. Now, I know you're not a fan of Braylon Allen explosiveness, but this man is 19 years old still. Okay. He is 6'2, 245. And compared to your average 240 plus pounder, so your AJ Dillons, your Leonard Fournette's, he's had some actual lateral movement ability. If, if he doesn't have a clean point of attack, he can change directions and find another hole. Um, I do think, though, he has to. He almost has to run outside zone or wide runs at the NFL level because he has to have a head of steam before he hits the line of scrimmage. Yeah. He can't he can't go from a standstill to doing anything on a run. He has to be. I mean, but that's similar to Derrick Henry, right? Like Derrick Henry knows yeah. that. And so he hits the hole, no matter what it is, at full speed and knows he's not gonna like slow down. Um, I think there's some of that to Braylon Allen's game. And, and also at that size, at his age you could probably still expect development from him um, in what he could be. So he's just a specimen. Now he does have nine fumbles over the course of his career. Uh, it does have a lot of tread on the tires already, you know, 1200 yards, his first two seasons at Wisconsin, he's already been like a bell cow kind of got the Jonathan Taylor treatment that Jonathan Taylor got at Wisconsin. So those are worries, but a guy at that size is just going to, there's a role for him at minimum at the NFL level, in my opinion, but I do agree that there's probably a limited role to fill. The age thing is a fair point. Like there, you know, I don't know how much that's offset by the fact that he's already got a lot of mileage on the clock. Um, I actually, I noticed the same thing in terms of the lateral ability, but I actually kind of saw it in more of a negative light than you did. It feels too to much me, yeah, like he wants to move laterally and bounce outside. It's like, if you're going to be a giant 245 pound guy, you can't be doing that. You need to go north, south, head to the mm -hmm. gap and hit it and not try and get outside you're not going to be able to get that done at the next level unless you show either that Derrick Henry knack or crazy explosiveness, neither of which I think he actually has. Yeah, I, I do agree on the explosiveness. He's kind <laughs> of a uh, 
steam engine getting up to speed there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Slow chugging right, to go. Who's your number three here? Uh, number three, Trey Brent, Trey Benson, Florida State. Um, I like this tape. I, I don't know if he's great at anything, but I think he's good at pretty much everything. Um, like finds creases at the line of scrimmage really well. I think he's good at staying patient, which not every running back is in college. Um, I think he's got a good, he would strike me as a guy, ironically for the, the offense that he's in at the moment, but he feels like a guy that would be amazing in those old Mike Shanahan, one cut North South zone schemes, you know, where he just puts his foot in the ground, finds the gap and hits, hits the, the crease in the zone. He's really good at that. Yeah, I'm a fan of Benson. I actually have him too. So I'll talk about him right now. Um, he's 6'1, 220. Like he's got great size for the yeah. NFL. He's a senior, but he's only 21. He's not like an old senior. You're not too worried about it, which is interesting because this is kind of an old class. There's a lot of seniors in this class that I think are going to be like amongst the top guys drafted. Um, and I also love that he's dealt with not good run blocking at Florida State. Yeah. Of the guys we've probably discussed, I, I think he's probably ran behind the worst offensive line of any of them. I, I mean, he is not getting the creases that it, you know two two of the other guys i'm going to talk about on this list definitely are for sure but like e even some others it's not a disaster of a run blocking off it's a line like maybe dalvin cook was dealing with at florida state but it's still not good at all so uh, i think there's a lot to like the one thing i worry about a little upright as a runner and at 6-1 running upright just not going to be maybe not going to be a pure power back at the nfl level but great contact balance he's going to break a lot yeah. of tackles at the nfl level i feel good about that part of his game translating to the league yeah and, and he wasn't used as a receiver much either but he has some good catches in like like estimate he's got some really nice catches on his tape as well so i feel good about that part of his game agreed agreed all right my number three though is bucky irving the oregon running back i think this is probably you know the the devin achan jameer gibbs style of back that's bucky irving's 510 195 and like those guys, though, like he runs between the tackles. I think that's why I was yeah. so high on both Gibbs and Achan coming out was that when they were asked to do, you know, NFL type of run concepts, actually read blocks between the tackles, stick your nose in it sort of things, they were good at those. Like, they're not necessarily good at those, but like for undersized backs, they were willing to do those things. And there are a lot of guys aren't willing to do those things. Um, Buck Irving is. I think you watch his tape at Oregon and that's consistent. Um, 6.9 yards per carry this year, only one fumble in his entire career. He moves kind of like how you used to be able to move in like the early Maddens where just like as soon as you touch left, <laughs> it starts going left and it doesn't like lose any speed. That's how he moves. Like he has that just because he's so built low, so low to the earth, so twitched up that uh, I think he's kind of, you know, that space player that everyone's looking for um, in these modern offenses. He was six for me. He was the guy that fell okay. off the list once I found Will Shipley. Um, the thing that jumped out on me with uh, Bucky Irving is for a guy that small, he's almost impossible to get a clean shot on. Like no people yep. look like they're about to nail him and then he contorts his body so they only get a piece of a leg or they get a glancing blow on the side. Like he's really difficult to get a clean hit on that stops him moving. Yeah, I mean, that was similar to a Chan too coming out. Now, I don't think he's going to run the four threes um, yeah. like those guys did. But I bet he runs low four fours. He's he's still got good enough juice to make big plays the next level. My number two was Jonathan Brooks. So I I like him a bit more than you. This is again not not really sort of factoring in the ACL in terms of mm -hmm. like I don't think that's going to affect his NFL career. It's just going to affect his draft position and where somebody drafts him. Um, he has this really nice gliding style though. Like it's sort of 
I don't want to put the Jamal Charles comp on him because that's that's rich, right? But like this, the Jamal Charles Arian Foster style of just being able to glide through space and make these really high speed cuts. Um, I think he's got more than enough juice uh, to to make big plays. I think he'll be a really good bank. Yeah, what my my sort of who just like my initial initially reminded of with that kind of running style that you said was Aaron Jones. Now maybe okay. that's because yeah, I'm yeah. back standing a little too close, but just like Aaron Jones kind of has oh, that also, like body yeah. that body control where he just like is weaving while yeah. still going straight almost. <laughs> you know, like he's he's kind of has that whatever that is. Now he's a little quite a bit taller than Aaron Jones, but I do think he's he's a really high floor. I, I put those other guys ahead of him, but I think Brooks has a higher floor at the next level. Should he be healthy? Like if and he's probably more of a uh, all around back it's probably more of a not as limited as those other guys to a certain role he can be a bell cow if need be in your offense yeah no right, who's your number one already already touched on my number two and trey benson who's your number one my number one is blake Corum from michigan um he is the running back in this class that yeah. i just like the best though i think i was getting david montgomery vibes from him this like short stocky uh guy really good in short spaces just incredible vision sets up his blocks really well some of these are eh, not so much the ones we talked about but some of the other running backs in the class you're like they're operating independently from their blocking scheme like they're just trying to find space whereas Corm's really good at helping the blocks set up like he maximizes the space that's there because of what he's what he's doing he's not having the best year this year but i really like his game overall well so his stats aren't great so so 5.2 yards per carry but of any of the running backs we've mentioned, he actually has the second highest success rate in terms of right. how many runs have generated positive EPA. Bucky Irving's the only one who's higher and Bucky Irving's dealing with like an Oregon offensive line, Oregon offense that's like providing him a lot more space than what Corum has in Michigan. I, I'm a big fan. Corum's my number one too. So my five through one, I had Brooks, uh, Jonathan Brooks, Texas, Braylon, Allen, Wisconsin, Bucky Irving from Oregon, Trey Benson, Florida State too. And then Blake Corum, Michigan at one. He's 5'8", 213, and I think 5'8 is generous. <laughs> like he, is, he looks like 5'6", plus, maybe 5'7", and he's so maximized his frame. He's so tapped out. He reminds me of like Maurice Jones-Drew in that regard, where right. like I think his legs touch all the way down to right below his knees, like when he's standing still. He just like, can't help it. He's too tapped. Like he's too jacked. Um, but it, it's, it's a build that works in the NFL, right? Like yeah. that guy, he doesn't give you a lot of – space to hit like he doesn't have broad shoulders he doesn't have this wide base but when you do hit his legs it's like hitting a brick wall and so 36 touchdowns the last two seasons um i called him uh like i said called him very similar to like a maurice jones drew his his long speed's not great um right. i think of all the guys that we've discussed right now he's towards the back end in terms of just pure when he's out in the open who would i want who would win a race um but his his missed tackle stats also don't do him justice in that a lot of the cuts he makes are so sharp and, and so precise that just guys don't even guys won't even lay a hand on him. You, you've probably everyone's probably seen that Jack Campbell rep from last year in the Iowa game where Blake Corum has one on one in the hole. Campbell didn't even lay a hand on him, and that's a first round linebacker and a guy who's one of the better run defending uh, linebacker prospects to come out last year and like still a good run defender in the NFL. I think he can do that to NFL linebackers that I don't think other any other the other guys that we've talked about on this list, I feel good about consistently doing that. But Quorum's just 
differently built because of all of that. I, I was surprised he came back for a senior year, though. I, I think he could right. have come out a year ago and been already a day two pick. But I do still think I, I still think he's running back one in this class. That's what reminded me of Montgomery, like that ability to make people miss in a phone booth with zero yep. space either side of you. Just make a hard cut, jump cut either side, and the guy is nowhere, and he's he's past them. Montgomery was amazing at that, and it's similar idea of like doesn't have that top gear. Like that's that's I think his biggest weakness, and maybe his only weakness. Pass game stuff is a little bit of a like a an incomplete because they just don't throw him the football. It's hard mm -hmm. to know if if he's any kind of receiver or not. Um, but like you don't see anything that sort of screams that's definitely not something you can do. Get back to the pod in just a second. But first, today's podcast is brought to you by DoorDash. Why root for your team on an empty stomach? Order DoorDash and save on football watch party favorites. Order pizza, wings, soda, burgers, or even just buns on DoorDash and get it all delivered without missing the game. Get prepared before game day. Stock up on your favorite appetizers and order all your tailgate gear on DoorDash. Then get ready to watch your favorite team win. I know I'm going up to Green Bay this weekend. Maybe order some Culver's, my the goat fast food restaurant in America, when I'm hungover on Sunday, ready to get ready for this Chargers game. We'll see. Get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. That's 50% off up to $10 value on $15 or more in your first order when you enter code L-O-C-K-E-D-23. Subject to change, terms apply. Was there anyone else in this class outside of the top five that we talked about that you liked in any way, shape, or form or had like a affinity to that you would be maybe like, oh, I'd love to have him on day three or something like that that you watched so far? Yeah, so... Um... Like the one guy that's not on either of our lists that I think people would talk about is, is Travion Henderson. Um, cause he's got in a class that I think the thing that highlights it almost is there's a lot of guys that don't have that incredible athleticism and explosiveness and the physical mm -hmm. skill set. Like they're good players, but you're like, man, if he just ran, you know, two tenths faster, we'd be talking about a day one running back. <laughs> Like Henderson has that, but he just isn't as good as the other guy. It's like, yeah, if you could give if you could give Bucky Irving, you know, Travion Henderson's like skills or physical tools, like I'm I'm in. Um, so like he's a guy I think we should at least mention for those terms. I liked Marshawn Lloyd a lot, the USC running mm -hmm. back, but God, that offense just gives him so much space to work yeah. in. It's it's so hard to like project what that's gonna look like. Yeah, I went back to his. I mean, I've watched the South Carolina tape over the offseason because he transferred last year, USC to USC. Um, and yeah, as a between the tackles running back, kind of the things I was saying about Irving as a, like a smaller back, even though Lloyd's not like that much smaller, but he right. kind of like is that home run searcher. He's the guy who's always looking for that bounce out. And that's great in the USC offense that works there. But I worry about his running style translating to the NFL. Um, some guys that I was a fan of, I really like Taj Brooks from Texas Tech. He has no home run hitting ability whatsoever. <laughs> but he's like he he's like Damian Pierce. He's like this class is Damian Pierce. He's 5'10, 230. And guy's tough to tackle at that size. He's just big. And then the one guy, I don't know what happened this year, but I loved his sophomore tape is Rocket Sanders, the Arkansas running back, who's also huge. He's 6'2, 240 also. I mean, he's one of this, there's some massive backs in this class, but he's so tentative this year. He looks like he's a uh Looks like he's like 190 pound back when when a guy's trying to meet him in the hole. I don't know what's going on with him. I know he had an ankle injury to start the year, so maybe that's part of it. But like, 
Rocket Sanders, I don't even know if he declares at this point because he looks like a completely different back. So those are two after this top five. But it truly is like a class where I'm not taking a guy before pick 75 at like tops. Tops. Yeah. Even though. One other guy that I was interested in, I think his tape is really strange. Um, Ray Davis from Kentucky. So he's older as well, which isn't going to help him. But he, when I was saying, you know, they're one of the two of these guys is really good. McCorm's really good at setting up his blocks and working together with the blocking. Davis is the exact opposite end of that spectrum. Like he just goes to space to the point where I think he's distracted by it. Like he's, there's a gap over there. I'm going to run that way. And I was like, but that's not what the blocking is set up. Like you're so, but I actually think weirdly it plays really well at the second level because that's what you're supposed to do right just head to daylight yeah. at the second level there's no players there head that way so if he ever gets through the open like the, the first line of defense he's gone because he heads to daylight better than anybody else in the draft class but it, it actually hurts his ability to get to the second level because he's constantly working against the leverage of his lineman so i was kind of thinking like if he goes to a line in the nfl that's like a dominant run blocking offensive line already he might look amazing because he'll be constantly mm-hmm. through to the next level and just busting off runs left, right, and center. And if he goes to a line that can't generate any space, he's going to look like he can't even function because he's just going to be running into defenders all day. That is the Rashad White special, and that was him <laughs> at Arizona State. And I think it's we've seen that like there's a, that that just doesn't work in the NFL, right? You right. really, if you don't understand how leverage on blocks works you're absolutely toast as a running back. You're going to run into so many brick walls. You're going to do so many of the Trent Richardson's, but not actually the Trent Richardson's like the fake, the fake screenshot, Trent Richardson's you're going to fall for all those screenshots. You're going to be the guy trying to hit all those fake (laughs) holes and just getting touched. All right. Well, thank you, Sam, for uh, coming on. We'll have to get you back on sometime during the draft, but I really appreciate it, man. Anytime, Michael. Thanks for having me. Always good catching up with Sam. We will be back next Monday with the, takeaways of the week and then rolling through position rankings not sure if we'll have one on thanksgiving a podcast i i think at this point probably not i'd say so no thanksgiving pod just enjoy the football that goes on then but we'll be back monday thanks for listening to Renner ranks part of lockdown podcast network your team every day